Hail and well met, everybody. Welcome to Geek Thyself, a show by nerds, for nerds, who love geeking out over random facts and esoteric trivia. My name is Heather. I'm Russell. And we'll be your hosts for this journey through the wondrous land of information. Hi, everybody. Welcome to 2021. We made it. Oh, my God. We did. (laughs) Everybody made it. Oh, my God. We made it so, through 2020. We're scarred and battered and bruised, but we made it through 2020. We did. We did. We did. <laughs> so this episode is basically going to be us having a bit of a rant and event about the how terrible last year was. I mean, but yeah. also any good things that we may have been able to set scavenge through the last year. And then you're looking forward into 2021, where hopefully the vaccine for covid comes out and gets distributed to everyone and things won't go back to entirely normal like i don't think they can but Mm -hmm. it's going to be better and people are not going to be getting sick i mean it has to be better than the trash can fire inside a dumpster fire inside a landfill fire that was 2020 yeah i think you made that joke last episode as well (laughs) i might have but it still is applicable oh no no, it's still very applicable. I'm not arguing with you at all. Uh, so, yeah. <laughs> we are meeting for the first time in 2021 mm-hmm. to record this. And then, yeah. Then, we you know, we're going to look forward to this year, hopefully. We're not going to be doing resolutions and stuff because I don't think anyone has any resolutions. I think the resolution was just surviving last year. I mean, honestly, honestly, let yeah, like, I seriously. Think that's enough. Like, we don't need more. But, yeah, so. yeah. We resolved to get through twenty twenty, and that counted as our resolution for twenty twenty one. Yes, like this year is self care. <laughs> I mean, pretty <laughs> as much, much yeah. as we can possibly get, do. Um, mm-hmm. And surviving note, a pandemic. Have... <laughs> yes, on that note, hope you're all doing as well as you can, and you're all keeping safe. <sighs> I uh, hope you're wearing masks. Um, yeah. I'd like to think the people who listen to our podcast wear masks. Yeah. I th- I think they probably do. For one thing, we talk about facts and details, which yeah, I mean, generally goes hand in hand with listening when doctors tell you to wear a mask. And also, we've both made it fairly clear that though we are not necessarily extremely left-wing, we are on the more liberal side yeah um at least socially socially i i don't like politics i think it's all just a bunch of liars but you know what we we we, like i said we're gonna be talking about the best of things why don't we just get politics done at the way with first and then we don't have to talk (laughs) to to, to look at it again okay don't worry this is gonna be a very quick section because we feel like it would be disingenuous not to mention politics at all because it was a big year for politics. Yes. That doesn't mean we enjoyed it. Yeah, 100% agree with that statement. So, the best and worst... Well, okay, we it's probably in our title. We haven't picked a title yet. But basically, yeah, like, this episode's going to be kind of the best and worst of 2020. We're going to go through different subjects and areas and say mm-hmm. what for us personally or in our opinion were the best and worst things. Keep in mind, 2020 was a heck of a year, so there is a large possibility that we may not remember every single thing that happened to us this year, or every single movie we read, or no. movie no. we watched, or book we read, but we're going to do our best. 
first thing, the worst, one of the worst things, at least at the start for, for me, is how our lovely government decided to handle the pandemic when it really started to hit in February. Mm-hmm. I do have to give them credit, though. They at least tried to make sure people were still able to support themselves while furloughed and off work. And unfortunately, I really can't say the same for your dumpster fire. <laughs> no, no, yeah. So, um, uh, yeah, political worst Yeah. for 2020, in my opinion, definitely has to be the handling of the COVID-19 pandemic by the U.S. government. Mishandling, I'm not, I think you could say. Yes, the mishandling of it, in fact. I, and I'm not saying that particular states or particular areas didn't do a good job of trying to get things under control as fast as they could. S- some did. But some did. Generally, your country is winning in the worst possible way for this pandemic, unfortunately. Mm-hmm. <sighs> yeah, and I mean, <laughs> the fun thing is my state, California, is also one of the worst hit. Where I think we're we're number one or number two right now for cases. Unfortunately, like while the people and your population density won't have helped, the support that your government try that has given to incentivize people to be able to stay at home and keep themselves safe and others safe has just not been there for it to be feasible. Yeah, like, that definitely has been a portion of the problem. Uh, I don't think there is a single American out there who would disagree with me that the government deciding $1,200 per person was for the past eight months months of quarantine and closed businesses and whatnot was enough to support a person. Like, you you couldn't even support a dog on $1,200 over an eight-month span of time. Couldn't pay rent. No. 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 Um, Like, I am very, very fortunate in, while I was off of work, I was off of work for about four, I was off work for a little longer than a few others because I worked overnight, Mm -hmm. and overnighters, like, things weren't open 24 hours, but for a couple months after everyone else went back. But during that time, I was still receiving 80% of my average wage. So, like, I, I really have to at least come in them on at least getting something in place it's not perfect in all areas but it was definitely better than what it could have been and it could have been a hell of a lot worse yeah well and some country not some countries some companies did Mm. a better job than others of trying to make sure that their employees were taken care of i'm not going to call out any of the particularly bad ones because I don't have all the details, so I don't know. I can't say how things were handled. I do know that my husband's company, Century Cinemark, handled things, in my opinion, very well. Uh, I know that a lot of the people at the top level didn't, I don't know, you know, percentages or for how long or whatever, but that several of the people at the top forewent their salaries to help pay for the the employees at lower levels, and that... The people who stayed with the company and were furloughed, the company had the HR department help all of them figure out how to sign up for the special COVID unemployment program. 
so that they could get money that way. I will. One thing I will say about our government's handling of the situation is that at least they did something about unemployment and increasing it so yeah. that the people who were getting unemployment did get more money than they normally would have. Yes, there were, there, were, there was definitely there was definitely good things in all kind of areas. It was just it overall wasn't in yeah it wasn't enough across the board. Uh, best thing in politics then. Uh, for okay, so for me, there's oh actually I have another worst in politics. It's politics oh, related. Uh-huh. Um, Ruth Bader Ginsburg dying. Ah uh, yes, yes, that's. I remember that. For those for for those of us that are less conservative leaning, um, I mean, she was the notorious RBG. Like she was a we we try to stay family friendly, so I'm not gonna say what I want to say, but she was a tough lady, and <laughs> and definitely mm. an admirable woman who had really fought to be in the position she was in in order to make a difference in terms of the law of our country. And it was a very, very sad thing to lose her this year. Now, back to what you were saying, the best of 2020 politics. Trump is no longer going to be the president of the United States. (laughs) Yeah, again, this is not a surprise to anybody who listens to us. We, we, We really stay away from politics. I don't necessarily think that every like it's going to be sunshine and rainbows but it's going to be at least better yeah i'm not gonna lie and say that joe biden was my first choice to replace trump but i will take it i will happily (laughs) happily take it especially since he chose okay i'm not 100 percent sure how to say her name i've heard multiple different pronunciations I don't know Kamala. if it's, I've heard uh, Kamala, like Pamela, yeah. but then I've also heard Kamala. I'm not 100% yeah. sure which way is correct. I should probably look that up at some point since she's going to be our vice president. But I love the fact that he chose a woman, and not only a woman, but a woman of color out it's, of it's, all of the candidates. It's a, it's, it's a really good move, I hope. Mm-hmm. I, I, uh, I like that he did that. And, you know, who knows? Maybe if he doesn't run again in four years, maybe she'll run. Maybe. Maybe she will. I, I'd I, vote for her. <laughs> I doubt... I, 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 I'm not sure if Joe Biden would run twice. Because he's already up there in age. And that job's yeah. going to be stressful. I like can't that. imagine it isn't. And I'm I'm not sure either. Well, especially when you have to pick up all the pieces left behind by the Trump administration. Yeah, which, and that transition's already not going well, but that's no. a different kettle of fish and we're not talking about that. Um, no, but it is related. In... Oh, hmm? It is related to the whole situation, but oh, I, I agree with you. That's a different specific issue. Yeah, and probably, and we don't like talking about politics. We're both very uncomfortable. As for the best thing for me, I really don't have one, and that's oh. bad. Um, um Brexit okay. never got resolved. Yeah. Like we are still on no deal apparently, yeah. and things are changing now because we've waited too long. Mm-hmm. Uh, like the best thing I could say is that my government, you know, trying their best to sort through COVID. And we have a vaccine 
kind of, but that's not really politics. Mm-hmm. Like, uh, I, I don't like Boris Johnson very much. Um, I don't think he's very in touch with the people in general. But that's just me. Uh, it, it's, it's all still a bit terrible. <laughs> so I really wish I had yeah. a good thing to say about politics, but I, I don't have one. <laughs> I mean, let's be honest, politically, both of our countries are a bit dodgy. Yes, a little. Um... Another thing I thought of that's, it's not strictly political, but it's Mm. politics adjacent. Mm. It's sort of politics adjacent in terms of humanity trying to suck less. Yeah. And that's the Black Lives Matter movement. Oh, yeah. That's yeah. That's a great movement. I would say uh, that was another another high for twenty twenty. The things that happened and continue to happen, which triggered the need for the Black Lives Matter movement to become so big this year, that mm. sucks. That would be oh, a worst for humanity. But the fact that so many people have started to pay more attention to it, and so many people got together safely, like if you look at the rallies, everyone's wearing masks. And tried to fight for representation and for the rights of people who are being oppressed is a a good thing. It's an absolutely amazing shouldn't have had to happen. No, absolutely not. But it's a good thing Uh, that it did. And I think on that we will just sidestep politics now. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, Yeah. Yeah, Let's 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 go with that. Yeah. Right. Okay. Uh, Something we both really enjoy then. Uh, why don't we go for books? Like, the best and worst books you have read, or in my case, listened to, this year. Alright, so the worst book for me... Mm. I read the whole book just because I wanted to see if it was going to get any better. But really, honestly, from the very first few pages, I should have realized it wasn't going to. I can't remember the name of the book right now. I'd have to look it up. But it was a one of my lit RPG books, which we've talked about before. Yes, we have they're, talked about that. Yeah, they're the uh, the type of like sci-fi and fantasy books where there's like game mechanics, like RPG game mechanics put into a book setting. Yeah, it's a, and almost meta, like mm-hmm. with with references and stuff. Yeah. Yeah, with people being able to like level themselves up and add points mm. to different stats and things and. Depending on the book you're reading, the genre spans a whole gamut of, you know, just like alternate universes where this is just a normal thing that you can adjust your stats as you level up. Mm-hmm. Or yeah. possibly people that are playing inside a game that's like high level VR in the future kind of thing. Mm-hmm. But I read one and the title, I don't remember what the title of the book was right now, but I can tell you the title of the book did not drop a hint at all that it was going to be like this nor did the description but Mm -hmm. basically it was supposed to be about a guy who died and came back as a dungeon core which is a type of lit rpg trope where Mm -hmm. um a dungeon like a a dungeons and dragons type of dungeon with creatures that respawn or like video game dungeons that respawn is controlled by some sort of core which is like a gem that's got some sentient entity living inside of it basically 
Um, so I thought it was just going to be that kind of thing. And I've read a bunch of those and they're really interesting and I like a lot of them. This one turned out to basically just be smut. Oh, that's... Hmm. Yeah. And it, like I said, like the title, the description on the back, it didn't make it clear that it was yeah. going to be smut. And even like the first couple of chapters weren't, so I didn't catch it right away. Uh, and then by the time I caught it, well, it smacked me in the face, honestly. But <laughs> by, by the time I got there, I was like, well, I'm like a third of the way through the book and I want to know what's going to happen at the end of the story. Yeah. I'll give it a shot and see if it gets any better. Maybe it's just a sporadic thing and they're going to gloss over stuff later. No. No. So I didn't read more of that book series. <laughs> I mean, that's fair. To be fair, like, when it comes to that kind of thing, like, normally, like, the cover is suggestive, or there's at least, like, you can normally tell. Well, like, see, the thing is, in retrospect, the cover was a little bit suggestive. Not right. the title, necessarily, but just the cover in general. Mm. But the problem is that when you're talking about fantasy and sci-fi books... Women in skimpy clothing on the front wielding swords it's... does not automatically equate smut. No, to be fair, like those d literal D and D books from mm -hmm. like first edition and stuff that have that exact sort of stereotype. So yeah, that's a bit rough. Um, yeah, um, worst book for me. I don't. I don't actually have any that are quote unquote worst. I enjoyed everything that's that good. I listened to, but. Like, if you wanted one that was, I guess, the least sort of impactful was... Um, and I think it's literally because I got it in an Audible sale when it was, like, two ninety nine, mm. And it was book five of a series. It was <laughs> which what? Which I didn't know that going into... It was book five of a series, which oh. I didn't know going into it. Uh, it's not, like, 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 a massive contingent story or anything. Like... But it's, it still it's, throws it's, you off. Yeah, yeah. It's it's like a set of books from like a, a PI sort of just thing. Like like uh, I, I like last year I got really into the Dresden Files, which I'm still really into. But this one was um it was called uh, Kill Me Again by Rachel Abbott, uh, mm -hmm. and it, it's it was a good book, but I was kind of thrown into things a little bit because it didn't tell me, like because like with Audible they just put whatever they like on sale. So I picked mm -hmm. it up, and it didn't say that until I was already in the book. <laughs> yeah, and then sometimes recurring characters get brought in, and you're like, I don't know who this person is. It's confusing. It's like, yeah, it'd be like trying to jump into a Dresden Files book, like three or four or five down the line, and mm -hmm. yet you might get a glancing information about this character, but you don't know why they're important, basically. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and for uh, for any of our listeners who aren't familiar with the Dresden Files or anything like that, it would be, mm. I'm trying to think of what a good comparison would be. It would be like getting dropped into book three of Harry Potter. Yeah. Like not exactly. reading the first two and just reading book three, starting with book three. Book three onwards. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Be because, that would be a rough time. Right. Because even though each book was its own story, there were things that were linked from book to book to book, and characters that recurred from book to book to book. So without the previous books, it makes less sense. Um, mm -hmm. I'm still really enjoying the, the Dresden Files books, but that is not my best book of the year. What's your best? Uh, the, my best is 
one uh, called They Both Die at the End by Adam Silvera. And the basic premise is that the, it takes place in a not-too-distant future and there's a company called Deathcast. And when it is your day to die, you will be phoned in that morning by them and to tell you that you will die. So, yeah, the story is this a company called Deathcast set up. They call you on the day you're going to die. And then there's like, and these people are called quote unquote deckers. It's, it's their last day on earth, which is basic. So the, the, the title of the book is correct. They do both die at the end. It's, you know, it's not like a bait and switch or whatever, but mm-hmm. two people who are POC and, um, and, and Latinx, um, folk, uh, are called Mateo and Rufus end up fighting each other through the, the, the sort of the Decker app, which is how people like on their last day spend like t- the day with someone mm-hmm. and that kind of thing. Uh, and it's a really emotional story. And for characters that only know each other a day, it goes very deep into who they are as people. And it also goes a little bit into some of the inner workings of Deathcast. And it's a really emotional book. And I didn't think it would hit me quite as hard as it did knowing the title. Uh, it's yeah, it's by Adam Silvera. He does a lot of uh, sort of... He's got a, quite a few different novels with those kind of characters in there. And it's also queer, so like that's always good. <laughs> uh, but yeah, I, I was engrossed in the book. Like, it's something I couldn't stop listening to um, until it's over. That's good. So, for me, best books, Mm -hmm. I've mentioned this a lot in previous episodes where I talk about reading books. I read ridiculously stupid fast. You do. And I haven't counted... But if I added up all the books that I've read in all of 2020, especially since everything was closed, <laughs> um, we're probably close to, I don't want to say 100, but definitely more than 50. So yeah, we, you read a lot. So for you, yeah. like, this is going to be the best you can remember. <laughs> yeah. Um, so, yeah. So for me... It, the my best book this year isn't one that I it wasn't a new book no. and it's not a very difficult book but it's one that had emotional meaning for me personally uh, we've mentioned it I will I've mentioned it previously in some of our episodes so if you're listening all the way through in order you would have already heard this but my dad passed away in June mm-hmm. of 2020 that was a personal worst for me this year and one of the books that I read this year is one that he let me read when I was a kid. I don't remember how old. It's called Jacques Colette and the Animals. Like Jacques, it's J-O-C. So I, I think it's supposed to be Jacques. I'm not 100% sure. Sure. But it's a really, really, really old British book written by a woman named Vera Bradley, I think. Yeah, Vera Vera Barkley or Vera Bradley. I'd have to go look at the cover. 
and he was given the book when he was in primary school for perfect attendance. It was an award he was given. Um, oh, wow. Uh, which I guess back then was a thing. They would give kids mm-hmm. a book. So he got a book. It was signed by the headmaster. And, like, the date and the year and everything are in it for him getting his perfect attendance. And he let me read it when I was a kid. And uh, then uh, my mom found it. It was actually, I think, in the nightstand. Because, you know, it was one of his books that he'd had since he was a kid. So he cared about it. And, uh, you know, my brother's not a big reader. And my mom, she likes to read, but that wasn't her kind of story so she let me have the book so it's in my nightstand and i read that book again but it's very short it's a kid's book you know he got it in elementary school primary school elementary school whatever word you want to use for it and it's got you know large letters and not a lot of words per page and there's pictures so wasn't a hard read but it was a that one stands out as a best for me because it reminded me of my dad and my childhood so that was a good thing yeah that makes total sense that's very sweet (laughs) (sighs) okay so we've done books i picked last time so i think you picked this time oh okay um Movies. Movies. The, now this is movies. this is another one where like saying picking a worst for me is gonna or a best is gonna be a little tricky because I've watched so many throughout the year mm-hmm. that it's hard to pick a specific one where I'm like, wow, this is horrible. <laughs> yeah. Um Best twenty twenty. <laughs> so mm-hmm. many movies. Yeah, I mean, in terms um, of worst, I just, I'm not sure. I I do have one that I dislike for, uh, I don't, I really did not jive well with the live action remake of Mulan. I still haven't watched it, because I'm so, yeah. like, eh. Uh, it's not great <laughs> um and for one thing like it doesn't really do a great job of respecting like culture and stuff that's what i've heard which makes me leery of watching it yeah i i did watch it because i watch pretty much everything disney except i haven't seen soul yet which is probably why that's not my favorite because uh, I have heard very good things about Soul uh, yeah as for what actually yeah I don't know what my worst is there was a movie I don't remember which one it is right now which is going to bug me later but there was a movie that Mike hadn't seen yet and he put it on because he wanted to watch it and it was one that I hadn't really wanted to watch because of something that just kind of didn't sit well with me Mm -hmm. but I don't remember what movie it was 
it was one of those things where it wasn't something so drastic that I was unwilling to watch it at all. It was just like one of those things that makes you not put the movie on, even though people say it's good. Or like, yeah. you know, for me, who someone who's half Asian, movies like Aloha that cast Emma Stone. Yeah. I'm like, I'm not going to watch Aloha. As an Asian American woman, I refuse to watch Aloha because they cast an extremely, extremely white woman to yes. portray someone who's supposed to be Hawaiian and Chinese descent. No. <laughs> yeah, no, that's that's very fair. Uh, I actually really can't remember because like, obviously a lot of things didn't end up coming out because of mm -hmm. 2020 being 2020. Mm -hmm. um, Ooh, I did think of a worst At least from the oh, little snippets I saw yeah. I never actually watched the movie But just from the bits and pieces I've seen Cats Oh yeah That wasn't That was um, Oh Yeah, yeah it, In particular was... like the CGI creepiness And stuff like the people they had portraying the different cats can sing, so I am sure that the music itself was fine. Mm. But yeah. Yeah, like, the music was good. I just really didn't jive well with the look. I've got to mm -hmm. be honest. It, like, it was it's, creepy. It, it hit right in that uncanny valley for me. And mm -hmm. <laughs> for a lot of people. That. Yeah. Oh, oh so I did find one. Uh, and surprise, no surprise anywhere. It's um, it's a Pixar movie. Uh, Onward, uh, was really good. Oh, Onward was so good. I loved yeah. Onward. Onward was, that really was a good. good one. I've not seen Soul yet, so Soul could be just as good. I expected probably to be just as good. I've heard really good things about Soul, but mm -hmm. I've not seen it yet. Yeah, I did watch out. Onward. Is... That was really good. Yeah. Um, I will also okay. So I've mentioned this before, mm -hmm. but uh. My husband and I, we both hit a point where there were so many superhero movies, like back to back to back, year to year to year, that like we both hit a point. Five a year, yeah. Like, yeah, we both hit a point near the end of the MCU universe. We both hit a point where we were like, okay, we need to break. We need a break. Need we're a break. done. Yeah. We're stopping. Where did you and... end up stopping, if you can remember? So like, well... I, we didn't see... Uh, Civil War. Oh wow, that's that's really far back. <laughs> well, see, here's the thing though: we didn't see Civil War. Yeah. And we didn't see um, Infinity, the Infinity. Infinity War and Endgame. Yeah. Yeah. Until this year, we uh, watched them both this year. Watched all of it this year. Oh yeah. Uh, but we watched the side movies. Mm. Oh, so, so like we like saw Panther, yeah we saw Captain black marvel. panther we we saw captain marvel we saw ant-man like we watched all of those sure it was just specific specifically we needed a break from like the constant like constant 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 iron man captain america Loki, yes. you know loki and thor and hulk like we just it was too much. We had to pick That's... and choose, and we chose to see the side movies that had, like, one character you had to pay attention to. Yeah, uh, both the Spider-Man movies were good. <laughs> oh, yeah, and we watched the Spider-Man movies this year, too. Yeah. Uh, Again, we just think... we took a break. <laughs> yeah. So what did you think of them, then? I liked all of them. Yay. 
Uh, I, what did I you knew... think of Endgame outside of the hype? Because the hype really made it better, I think, at the time. So outside of the hype... So I'm one of those people who doesn't mind spoilers. Mm. Because the thing is, I basically just had to get used to them over the years because my memory is so good. good. Yeah. It's just my really memory good. is just really good and it likes to hold on to random factoids and bits of information that mm-hmm. really I don't need to remember on a day-to-day basis. But, but it sticks. At, yeah, but at the same time, it sticks. Like, I know that Brie Larson wore a bracelet that mimicked the Infinity Gauntlet to one of the awards shows. Do I need to know that? No. Do I know that? Yes. Oh, well, apparently like, you do, because you just said it. I didn't even yeah. know that. <laughs> yeah, I don't remember which award show it was, but to one of the awards shows, it was this whole thing. She wore... <sighs> I don't, I don't remember exactly what it looked like. I'd have to look at pictures again. But it basically yeah. was one of those bracelets that's got, like, the bracelet around your wrist and then chains and then going to rings on your fingers. fingers. Yeah. And okay. she she purposely had it made to mimic the Infinity Gauntlet, which I thought was really cool. That's really cool. Like, it's a perfect example. Like, do I need to yeah. know this? Eh, not really. Absolutely not, but... Yeah. But my brain holds on to it. And so, for me, spoilers are just a thing. Like, anything I read or see, anything I overhear someone say about a movie or something, even if I don't instantly recall it all the time, when I'm at the movie or reading the book, it's going to spark in my brain of like, oh yeah, I remember them mentioning this. Mm -hmm. And so I just, I live with it. It's fine. It doesn't spoil um, anything for me. So I knew what was going to happen. You knew the big twists in that movie, yeah. Mm Mm-hmm. I, I knew enough of what was going to happen to not be overly shocked by any of it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, there were so many pictures plastered everywhere. I knew people were going to be coming back somehow. I knew the ending. You know, I've heard the song Love You 3000. <laughs> yeah, like, you know, like, the problem is, is with that being such a big film... Avoiding spoilers is kind of impossible. Yeah, I will like, say I think people did pretty good for at least the first couple of months. Oh, you no, know, people did really well for that. But mm-hmm. there was no way it was going to stay in that. Like, no, no way. it was impossible, especially years later, because it's been... Uh, yeah, that came out in 2019 now. I yeah. Think, I think. I think so. I'd have to double check. But either way, uh, I I think it was really, really, really good. I do think they made it very epic in such a way that even though I knew some of the things that were going to happen, it didn't spoil it for me. Yeah. It was still enjoyable. You know, and then one thing, too, when I'm watching those things with my husband, his memory's horrible. Ah. When it... When it comes to things he has to do and get done, it's fine. Or, like, work stuff and remembering how to do things, it's fine. But random trivia or, like, things like that. It's just, like, he didn't remember how many Star Trek movies he and I had gone to see in theaters at one point. I was right, and he was wrong, ultimately, because he was remembering incorrectly. But, uh, (laughs) you know, he likes to joke that when he argues with me about things that have to do with remembering anything, he's right, like, twice a year. You know, at least he's right a couple of times. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 
So he gets, you know, he's experiencing everything for the first time because in his case, like, he just doesn't remember the spoilers for the most part. So, yeah, you know, it was fun. I liked it. I liked all of them. And uh, I think it was a very fitting end for a long string of movies. Mm-hmm. And I think from now on, they're not going to have nearly as much weight behind them. And I think even if they try to do it again, it's not going to be as successful, is my general sort of consensus. I would agree. Especially, I know in the comics, who ends up becoming Captain America at the end is different than what was in the movie. Um, Different is a word. I will say both the person who became Captain America and the other person who could have both have been Captain America in the comics. Yeah, I just think it, if I'm remembering right, I think it happened in the other order. I am not versed enough in comics to know, but I know both have. Mm-hmm. And yes, for anyone who's wondering, we're being purposely vague, just in case. Yeah, like, uh, yeah. So, like, I haven't. I can't tell you if they did it in the correct order. I have a. I have a feeling they probably didn't, but I also don't necessarily think it was the wrong choice. No, I agree. So yeah, uh, I'm. I'm. I enjoy Marvel, and I'm excited to see what comes next. I know that the. I think one of the next movies is going to be another Spider-Man movie, which is great because I really like Tom Holland. So yeah. I do really like him as Spider-Man. I think he did a really good job. He's doing a really good job. Uh, so I'm excited for that. Uh, Far, Far From Home was really good. I really enjoyed that. Really, really enjoyed it. Uh, so yeah. But favorite movie is still probably Onward. Because I haven't seen Soul. And I've heard good things about Soul. Onward was really, really good. It was really good. Again, Tom Holland. <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, and Chris I- Pratt. Oh, sorry? Yeah, I guess Brian. Uh, not a big fan of him, <laughs> but Tom Holland's <laughs> great. Uh, we are also really, really far into this one, so maybe we should think about doing a break. <laughs> <laughs> Probably a good plan. Yeah, alright, so we'll carry on talking a little bit uh, after doing a mid-roll, talking about things we actually liked in 2020, uh, the people who support us. Alright everyone, welcome to the mid-roll. Quote unquote mid-roll, wherever it appears in the episode. <laughs> yeah, I mean that's true. We, who knows where it's going to get edited in, but in theory it's the mid-roll. That's so we're going <laughs> to yeah, we're gonna talk about our amazing sponsors here at Nerdsmith and for Geek Thyself. Mm-hmm. Um, I want to start off by talking about World Anvil. World Anvil is an amazing campaign management and world building software and tool that you can sign up for online. It's at worldanvil.com. They're so amazing. They have so many different features that you can do. You can link your different characters together. You can build a map of your world. It's like you can create a wiki of your world, but there can also be journal entries and things like that. It's really just an amazingly robust tool to be able to flesh out the world you've created. So whether you're a game master trying to flesh things out for your characters 
and your players, or whether you're an author and you want to make things more available to your audience so that they can see some of the background things that you've created for your world, maybe, you know, cultures that didn't come up in the book very much, that sort of thing. You can flesh all of that out there and create maps and it's amazing. It's worldanvil.com and I definitely recommend you check it out. You can sign up for free to be a guild member and then you can pay for a guild membership upgrade that'll get you different uh, tools that you can add in as you want them. Mm-hmm. It's super, super good. Other people that mm-hmm. are super, super good are the really lovely folks over at Die Hard Dice. We yes. love dice, especially as D&D players mm-hmm. and like, game people. And they have wonderful dice and they have new dice that they've been working on probably for forever with their multi-class ones that literally come apart and you can like mix and match dice on the fly as metal ones that's so cool they've got really their cool mythica sets which were involved in their charity drive uh, uh, in december last year they're still available uh they're super super good uh they look like the metal dice but are like their polymer set which is super cool they have their scroll of rolling for like their great accessories and everything else uh, you can find pretty much everything you're going to need dice-wise and accessory-wise there. They have free shipping in the US and discounted shipping from anywhere else. And as we can't go anywhere right now because of things, it's still really good uh, for that. Uh, if you find anything that you do like, that you have, you can use the code NERDSMITH uh, hyphen, yeah, hyphen mm-hmm. jam. Uh, throughout 4th January to get 10% off your, your next order. So if you would like to check out their wonderful Spotenders things that they basically unveiled all in December, uh, you can go over there and have a look. And yeah, we love them very much and they are wonderful. <laughs> yeah, definitely. Um, yeah, and with all that said, I guess we'll get back into the episode. And yeah, uh, mm-hmm. wrap up 2020 in the best way possible. Hi there everyone, welcome back to the second half, quarter, 20 Ish, minutes, whatever, whatever, <laughs> whatever. The, the second half of the first episode of uh, 2021. So we talked about, talked about books and sort of movies and politics, politics. uh, what else, um, I, I mean, guess music potentially. If you've actually experienced any new music this year. Oh, uh, I mean, yeah, there there is some new music. I mean, it's not like new artist. Well, there's one no, actually. So musically, I don't really, I don't really have any worsts. No, uh, I don't have any worst either. I guess just new for music. Yeah, I have pretty Cause, eclectic cause... music tastes, so I kind of listen to just everything. It's all over the place. I, My playlists have things like Disturbed, and then there's a Disney song, and then there's K-pop, and then <laughs> yeah. it's just, it's all uh, over. I'm very similar. The only thing that I don't jive with is, uh, I don't like Scream sort of the stuff. Yeah. Uh, like that's, but that's like generally I can listen to most most everything else. I would agree, and for for me, there there's that fine line between, it's like 
hard rock that's good where you can actually still hear what they're saying and then you cross yeah. into that point where you can no longer understand the words and that's the point that where point, I don't like it anymore <laughs> yeah like I like to at least be able to understand the music I listen to right or even if there's parts that you can't understand like they occasionally do the screaming but most of it is understandable that's okay yeah. with me but the ones yeah, where like, it's just screaming you can't really tell what they're saying I'm not really interested in well, yeah, I mean, I also listen to a little bit of K-pop, uh, thanks mm -hmm. to a couple of friends who really, really enjoy it. Uh, <laughs> and I don't understand any of it. <laughs> so I guess, yeah. and I still enjoy that. But it's a very different kind of not understanding. So That's true. I um, also don't speak Korean, but I love K-pop. Uh, in particular, one of my favorite songs that came out this year, um, for anyone who's a K-pop fan, I'm a Jessie fan. Jessie... Uh, She's a Korean-American. She was actually mm -hmm. born in... Actually, I don't remember if she was born in New York, but she's from New York. Okay. And she moved to Korea when she was, like, 15 and started uh, training to be an idol. And mm -hmm. she's known for being a rapper. She, oh, she's known for being nice. a really good rapper. And she's got a very, very deep voice, which is unusual for a popular K-pop fan or K-pop star. Most of them have high, higher voices. Yeah. But she's got a really deep, soulful voice, like Mary J. Blige. Okay. Deep, sure. soulful kind of voice. And um, her song, her big song that came out this year, that's like exploded and it's everywhere, is Nunu Nana. Can't say I've heard of it, but that's <laughs> just me being ignorant, so. <laughs> no, that's fine. Um, so in Korea, Anuna. So, mm -hmm. you know, like over here, we say, oh, that's my uncle, that's my aunt, things like that. Yeah. Um, but we don't have a, it, we don't have an honorific term that we use to indicate that that person's my, you know, that person's older than me. Sure. There, mm -hmm. there doesn't really exist one in the English, except for like Mr. and Mrs. and stuff like that. Mm -hmm. um, but in a lot of Asian countries, there's some sort of honorific you use, whether it's like a suffix or a prefix or a nickname like in japan you know sure. i think a lot of people are most familiar with like senpai yeah which is an older person well generally. yeah uh, senpai usually means that it's someone who is older than you but in some way related to you like they're they're the next level up from you so like you wouldn't look across the street at someone who's 10 years older than you and say, oh, that's my senpai. But if I was at school, the student who is a year above me is my senpai. Or if I was at a job and someone had been there longer than me, the person who, yeah, like a manager or something, yeah. that person could be considered my senpai in the company because they are older than me and, and have sure. been there longer. Makes sense. That kind of thing. But and we don't have that generally over here. Basically. Right. Yeah. And in Korea, one of the terms is nuna. Mm -hmm. And a nuna is an older woman. Um, but not like not like grandma old, but like 30s, just 40s senior. old. Yeah, just senior Mm -hmm. than 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 younger people like like yeah and, adults. and it can also be used just for someone who's older than you period it gotcha. depends on exactly where 
where the age gaps fall and stuff. But mm-hmm. so her song is basically about being an a woman who's a little older because she's in her thirties now. And still not married and all this kind of stuff, which in a lot of Asian cultures is like, oh, what are you doing? And so... I mean, it's like that with anyway. It's like, when are you going to get get married? Mm -hmm. Yeah, Yeah. but a a lot of her, a lot of the song um, is about like, well, you know... I, I, it's not that I don't want to be with someone, but can you handle me? I'm going to be myself and you have to be okay with it. And, you know, this is who I am. Can you, can you handle me? That kind of thing. Mm -hmm. Very empowering. I like it. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah, My, my, my K-pop knowledge is very slim. (laughs) I do like BTS and I know that a couple of them have deeper voices. Mm-hmm. But I for women, deeper voices is a is a yes, thing that's absolutely. not common. Very, no, it's not common at all. I also am familiar with Psy, because pretty much everyone is familiar with Psy. Mm-hmm. Gangnam Style. <laughs> Gangnam Style. Um, but yeah, that's something I've listened to a little bit. I've uh, Dynamite has been like fairly uh, listened to me. Uh, another per- a band that I found last year was a band called Parachute. And I don't know too much about them. Uh, I think you just said you've not heard of them, but I don't. Yeah, I don't know that one. Yeah, Um, it's electro music generally. Uh, They've got a very poppy and soulful kind of sound. Um, uh, I don't think they're super well known. They uh, they don't have like a massive sort of presence. But I just sort of found them scrolling like through Spotify playlists, uh, like discovering okay. things. Uh, I but found it's very them that upbeat. Way too. Yeah, very upbeat, very poppy. Uh, they have a. They also have like a, a nice mix of really like resonating lyrics with some of their songs. Like they have a song just called um, "Everything," which is basically just uh about like people falling in love and all that good stuff and like uh basically the main chorus is you're only everything like um which you know like it's very it's very sappy but it's 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 just sung well really good like it a lot another person who has been around like for the last sort of year which i really enjoyed is uh called dermot kennedy which I don't think they have reached the U.S. Um, you, yes, no, maybe. The name doesn't sound familiar, but no, like depending on the kind of music, I don't listen to as like I like everything. I will listen to everything pretty much. Yeah, but there are certain genres that I listen to more. Um, yeah, of course. And I would say that probably my main genres are things like rock. Like I like rock music. I listen to country uh, music. <laughs> I like a bit of country. Uh, I listen to country. I listen to a lot of musical type songs, like musicals yeah. and Disney movies types music kind of thing. Mu- and musicals then are definitely up there for me as well. K-pop. K-pop. Uh, this I I put Dermot Kennedy in alternative. Like it's definitely not like. Very, it's not generic pop, um, and it, 
I don't even, I wouldn't even call it, like, sort of alternative pop, uh, pop either. I think it's just, like, alternative mm -hmm. in its sound and its lyrics and the, like, the instruments that are chosen. I'm very bad at describing music. Like, I'm terrible <laughs> at it. Like, I know what I like, but, I, like, as soon as I try to explain why it's good, it's like, well, I mean, it's just, it's just good, isn't it? <laughs> Mm -hmm. <laughs> which is super helpful when you're trying to explain why you like it uh, but yeah it's not very poppy which I I don't tend to like new pop songs yeah for that's me that's not to say I don't like it's hit or any miss. of them yeah it de like, I, like, there has to be something about the lyrics that I like usually for me to like yeah, it rather uh, than just the, the melody the, um, the sound yeah mm -hmm. uh, I'm very much a lyricy kind of person as well, yeah. which is another reason I like Donut Candy. Like their songs, are, again, uh, they all have meaning. They don't feel like just like junk food songs where you're just listening to it for the sake of listening mm -hmm. to it. I guess. Uh, yeah. So f fairly new over here, like have like they put their first album out called Without Fear. Um, th this last year. Uh, and it's he's actually because um, I've got a friend I've got an Indian I've got a couple of Indian friends actually uh, and they heard them on their Indian radio hmm. uh, which is really cool um, because uh, we both really enjoy his, him as an artist because he was studying in the UK before Covid actually hit, they graduated just before lockdown stuff so like they'd heard them over here and they're sort of starting to branch out into international countries so which is really fun for me uh that's so yeah cool. that's basically the new stuff i'll be listening to on top of the show tunes and disney songs mm -hmm. and uh little bits of bts when i feel in the mood for it yeah i've definitely been listening to more k-pop this year i think um yeah. i think part of it might have been because the thing is like for the most part a lot mm -hmm. of k-pop is very upbeat yeah, it's very, it's very happy and soulful, and yeah. we've kind of needed that. Yeah, well, and a lot, a couple of the groups that I really like, um, you know, I mean, everyone knows BTS and like Blackpink. Um, yeah. One of my my favorite girl group is actually Itzy. I'm I'm a okay. Midzy. That's what they call their fans. <laughs> oh, nice. Um, and I I really like them, and then of course I really really like Jessie. And this year, Jesse started doing something on one of their, on their web platform. Well, okay, mm -hmm. she's doing it with like a TV company, but it's on their web platform online and it's called a show interview. Show interview. Yeah, it's like short interview. Oh. They, okay. they smashed it together, but it's, yeah. um, it's like a 15 minute interview with different celebrities and stuff. But I really, I just like Jessie in general. If you see like video clips of her and everything the, from more recent stuff, she's finally getting a chance to express herself more because yeah. she came from the States. She came with a very U.S. culture mindset. So at mm -hmm. first, a lot of people over here didn't, or over in Korea, didn't like her because she came off as very abrupt to them and very blunt. <coughs> Which mm -hmm. is not necessarily a bad thing, but the but thing it's very different. Yeah, than, yeah, than, especially than from a woman. 
So a lot of people weren't yeah. sure what to do with her. <laughs> and she's finally getting more recognition and more acceptance as people have seen her on like more variety shows and stuff showing that she's actually sweet and funny. It's just that she's also not going to put up with your BS. Which they shouldn't. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I like it. And so she's put out a bunch of fun music this year. Nunu Nana is one of my favorites. And another one she did is called Don't Touch Me. And it's actually, it's four women. They're all mm-hmm. legendary K-pop stars in their own right. Jessie's one of them. Mm-hmm. There's yeah. also a woman, um, I'm going to butcher the, I'm, I'm not even going to try to say the names because I'm going to butcher them. Mm-hmm. But it they formed a like super group for a little TV okay. mini-series, and they called mm-hmm. themselves the Refund Sisters. Oh, nice. And it's a woman who's, like, a K-pop, like, the first K-pop diva kind of idol. Um, I think that you say her name, it's, like, Jung-Wa or something like that. Sure. And she's 51. Oh, wow. And looks phenomenal in a cat suit in the music video. Like, it's insane. And nice. then there's... Um, Hyori, again, mm-hmm. not sure I'm saying these 100% right. She's in her 40s. Yeah. Jessie's in her 30s. And mm-hmm. then they had Hwasa from Mamamoo, which is another big K-pop group. Um, yeah. And Hwasa's in her 20s. So basically so they 20, had... 30, 40, 50. Yeah. They had yeah. four generations nice. of women in K-pop in this group. And they're all known for being strong personality women and the song don't touch me is basically about like i'm gonna be myself this is who i am jesse actually has a line in the song in her rap portion where she says you can look and stare but don't touch me it's it's a lot of like i'm here to be myself that doesn't mean it's an invitation to you i like it Mm -hmm. i'm already down i'm down (laughs) That's, yeah, that's dope. <laughs> uh, okay. Fair enough. Oh, there's uh, also, this isn't K-pop, but it's a song I need to no. share with you because you will appreciate it. Okay, um, sure will. So, uh, let me find it on my Spotify because <clears throat> I'm going to send it to you also. But uh, on TikTok, because uh-huh. I did start listening to a lot more TikTok this year. Um, well, TikTok's just a great way of like finding random songs that you might have missed because of them being used in TikTok backgrounds and stuff. Mm-hmm. Especially for D and D ones. But there's <laughs> um, there's yes. a girl. Her name mm-hmm. is J Maya, J dot Maya. I don't know what her first name actually is, but she created a song and she's got an incredible voice. It's called Achilles yeah. Heel. Sure, more down. And she basically wrote this song. She's her premise for her TikTok video was, "What if a Greek mythology nerd wrote a pop song?" And oh, she nice. did it, I'm and it's so incredible. It. It's so I'm, good. I'm already loving this. I and her voice is amazing. I will have to listen to this immediately after we finish recording. <laughs> You'll appreciate uh, it. You will very much I'm appreciate sure. it. I'm absolutely sure I will. Okay. Uh, oh, and F2020 by Avenue Beat. Was I it another good song? I don't know this song, song but it sounds very apt. It sounds very apt. Yeah, they basically... 
it was a good year for music because nobody had anything else to do. Yeah, yeah. Um, Even Paul McCartney, uh, McCartney is releasing a new album in like the next couple of weeks, which he wrote during lockdown. Which I'm a big fan of the Beatles, so that's enjoyable for me. <laughs> so we'll see how that goes. Um, I think that kind of sort of covers like gen like specific topics for the most part. Mm-hmm. I guess we could just do a wrap up of like general good and bad. Like, if if that's if that's something you were thinking that could work, I guess. Yeah, I mean, mine, I think that could work. So for me personally, like the overarching general goods and bads of 2020, um, worst is COVID. Yeah. (laughs) Just um, everything to do with COVID. (laughs) Literally everything. Um, Depression, because you've been staying inside for so long. Uh, My depression definitely had... A very uh, a noticeable upswing, mm-hmm. uh, like in in how much it affected me for a little bit when I was on lo- when I was furloughed, because having a nice routine that you've been like sort of like working with and working on to suddenly have that sort of ripped away was really rough. If that makes sense. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it is, and I yeah. So I would say anything having to do with COVID is mm-hmm. goes into worst category. Just period. Oh. Absolutely, it's terrible. Um, and for me, overall best of twenty twenty. Uh, there's, I mean, it's it's hard to pick something because there's not a lot. No. Uh... <laughs> I would say overall best of twenty twenty is watching certain groups of people band together. To try to improve things for everyone. Like yeah. with the Black Lives Matter movement. I don't think it's a good thing that they had to do it. No. But I but... I think that it shows that there are people willing to stand up for others. Unfortunately, there's also the people that were opposing, but... Yeah, I'm with you. <laughs> uh, for negatives, I... I agree, COVID. Uh, the biggest sort of... The biggest hit for me was definitely the trip that was planned to yeah. see all of you guys again. Which yeah, was meant that... to happen in April. And mm-hmm. the borders closed basically a week before that trip was meant to happen. Yeah. Uh, that's also when I was going to meet my partner like in person for the first time. That was really rough. Yeah, that whole thing also still... sucked. It was so yeah. long ago, I almost forgot about that. <laughs> but, yeah. yeah. Um, also, self self sucky is I'm still waiting on my refund for my flight. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> yeah. They have actually gotten in contact now, saying that they finally received the money from basically the airline to refund me. <laughs> but it's still going to take a month from this point. I'm just like, jeez. That's um, ridiculous. But yeah, it's ridiculous. So, but that's all basically COVID. I couldn't see my friends. I couldn't see my partner, and then uh, I was forced out of my of my sort of my good sort of routine that I uh, I've been working on. 
so yeah, as for sort of good things, I think yeah, seeing people sort of band out, uh, especially in that kind of regard, and for the pe and the people who are trying so hard to stick to the the regulations and rules that are in place right mm -hmm. now, like for the betterment of the people who really can't afford any kind of risk, like mm -hmm. immunocompromised uh, pe uh, folks and all that. Um, it's really good to see that. I want to say it's the majority of people. Uh, I don't know if I can say it's the majority. But either way, I'm happy that it's, like, not as small as it could be. I, I, like, it's kind of grasping at straws just a little bit, but I think that's 2020 in a nutshell. No, I know. I would agree with you that it's... I think that at least in public places, it's yeah. the majority of people. If only yeah. because if they don't, everyone's going to be glaring at them like the heck. Yeah. yeah, and actually actively shaming people, which I think is important. Mm -hmm. Like, because, like, you know, like, it's a serious, serious thing. Yeah. Like, yeah, I think definitely your sort of banding together, especially when the Black Lives Matter movement and all that sort of stuff, like, that is also really great. Um... Also, I guess on the good note is that there are vaccines now. Yeah, that's true. Starting to get rolled out in general for There's COVID. There's not enough of them. <laughs> there isn't enough yet, but to, I mean, to be fair, they've they in the amount of time they've had, you, there's only so much you can expect from people. So, like, yes, we'd all love there to be enough vaccines for everybody tomorrow but the you know like no, the I fact know. that it's actually being administered at all is kind of ridiculous yeah in a good way anyway uh is there anything else that you want to mention like about 2020 or do you just want to close this one and look forward to the future <laughs> um i'm trying to think if anything else specifically is coming to mind mm -hmm. uh i mean you know t 2020 for me was not a good year like beyond all the insanity of course you know i mentioned it earlier too my dad passing away in june and then um i actually told russ right before we started recording but yeah uh, we didn't tell anybody because we didn't want to ruin someone's christmas or new year's for our friends that had met her but we had to euthanize one of our cats right before Christmas, literally the 23rd, right before Christmas. Um, unfortunately, she had just gotten so sick, there wasn't any other option, and we didn't want her to suffer, so that sucked. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, that was not the best news to, to come to on the episode, too, but. No. Uh, yeah. It's really not any good. 20, 2020 um, was a hard year. On the plus side, it's over. <laughs> On the plus side, it's over. Um, and hopefully 2021 20... will be better. Yeah, which is basically all we can hope for mm -hmm. in regards to a vaccine. Hopefully seeing you guys again, that'd be great. I hope so. But... Maybe towards the end of this year, because who knows what's going to happen maybe. between... Who does know? Now and 2021, then. maybe. 2022, at least, hopefully. Mm -hmm. Even just... And we both 
are going to be in a D&D game again. Yeah, it's not a uh, uh, streamed one or anything, so you guys won't be able to no. watch it. We <laughs> we all needed something that was a little, you know, private and like recovery time with each other kind of thing after the year yeah. we've had. Yes, that is basically what we're looking forward to this year, I guess. Mm-hmm. Um, the Nerdsmith community is a great thing to look forward to as well, because everybody in there is so amazingly lovely. Uh, and really supportive and really does sort of get behind everyone who's having a rough time with everything that's going on. Yes, yeah, and I'm I'm also, speaking of gaming, looking forward to Shenanigans Season 3, mm. which yeah. we started recently. We just had our 10th episode, and um, I think it's going really well so far. We have Angela as the DM yeah. this time instead, and we brought a new face onto the screen um, her name is Chris. She's doing an amazing job playing her character, Aliette. And uh, Logan and Mike are not with us this season. They might be back in a different season. We don't know yet. It's going to be a little bit of playing it by ear. But mm-hmm. but either way, Shenanigans is always fun, especially mm-hmm. with all of you guys. So. <laughs> uh, and that's every Tuesday, I, I think. I, I'm pretty sure. Yes, the problem is, is I never actually get to see it live because I work Tuesday nights. Mm-hmm. So it's it's like the worst timeline for me. <laughs> yeah, so it's it's every Tuesday from 7 p.m. Mm-hmm. to 10 p.m. Pacific Standard Time. Mm-hmm. Yeah, which unfortunately for you puts it at like, what is that, like 11 a.m.? No, 11 or no, p.m. wait, eleven p.m. That's right, because you're yeah. ahead of us. Yeah, yes, uh, which is the which is why I can't watch because I literally start work at ten. So. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, it's so terrible, but I catch up when I can. I'll catch up, but yeah. even though I can't see my wonderful friends live, you should absolutely do it. All <laughs> <laughs> oh, right. Um, I think we're at the point where we're both tired and rambling, mm-hmm. which is probably accurate because I finished work about two hours ago, and for you it's like past midnight now. <laughs> yep, it is 12.46 in the morning, but I'm a night owl, things, so I'm, I'm, you know, yeah. I'm okay, we, but yeah, sleep is a thing. The things we do for you guys. <laughs> Alright, next episode... We're going to be covering a topic we mentioned a few episodes ago uh, because we didn't want to do it in the first first episode of the year because, you know, wanted to do at least a, a kind of retrospective for 2020. Spoiler mm-hmm. alert, it was bad. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, in case you somehow missed it. <laughs> yeah, like, I, I mean, hey, if you did miss it, let me know how because that is some wicked power. Well, or a coma, um, which is less exciting. That's less exciting. Please don't be in a coma. <laughs> uh, right, but uh, yeah, uh, we'll be covering Henry the Eighth, and boy, there's a lot to cover with him. <laughs> oh. uh, there is many wives, a whole new church, and a lot of other things. A whole lot of being right. a jerk. Oh man, yeah, a whole lot of being. The, the you know the UK monarchy at its best. <laughs> All right. Uh, okay. 
we will see you all soon, guys. Bye. Bye. Thank you for listening to this week's episode of Geek Thyself. Don't forget to check out all the other amazing content on the Nerdsmith Network. If you have any questions for either of us, you can get in contact with us on Twitter at geek underscore thyself. You can also email us at geekthyself at nerdsmith.org. And please don't forget to go to iTunes and leave us a review or also go anywhere you listen to your podcasts. We'll be back next week with another informative and fun episode. And until then, don't forget to geek thyself. Thank you.